Welcome back to 25 Stories That Made MLS. If you heard some different intro music, that's because it's not a regular episode. It's a bonus ode, bonus ode. We're doing bonus a bonus ode because we're not recording in Atlanta. Where are we right now? We're in Mammoth、um, Junction, New Jersey. Mammoth Junction, New Jersey. Which is、um, either whole, is the whole Bruns, is it all the Brunswicks?、Um, we're right next to South Brunswick. High school. And、uh, right next to like New Brunswick and North Brunswick, right? Right where Tim Howard used to play golf. All right. Yeah. So we're somewhere in Central Jersey. We're visiting our parents. It's、uh, Thanksgiving coming up in what, two days as of recording time, right? Yep.、Now? Yep. And we're,、uh, we're actually recording with our dog in the room. Yeah. So featuring Jessica Jones Raman, she is chilling on a dog bed and wearing a fancy sweater. Yeah. Um, so, we're going to do this、uh, a little bit differently. I mean, all the other episodes that you have listened to so far, they actually would work whether you listen to them today or a year from now or even five years from now.、They're, yeah, evergreen. They're、right? evergreen, yeah.、Um, these bonus shows will be a little bit more contextually relevant.、Um, probably want to listen to it in the next week or two, or else they may not make as much sense anymore.、Eh, whatever. But, I mean, but we'll do this every what? Five episodes? So, every five episodes. We'll have five bonus shows. So, you. Hmm, let's see. So, 25 stories that made MLS as a podcast should have 30 releases total. If yeah. I do, if I have my math correct, you've nailed it. Yeah. You've nailed it. I think 25 plus 5 is 30. Last time I checked. My man is sharp.、Um, so,、uh, on these bonus shows, we'll basically kind of give shouts out to the people who've kind of reached out to us and、uh, we'll talk about something that has happened recently that has. Piqued our interest and they'll be a little bit shorter. Cool. Cool. Nice little bookmarks.、Um, yeah, that's nice. They're nice little bookmarks. That's exactly what they are.、Um, so far, I want to shout out to all the people who've listened to the podcast. And、uh, so far, there's been over 1,700 downloads, which I think is exciting,、um, from 17 different countries, which is pretty, pretty spectacular. 17, wow. Yeah.、Um, as far away as Iceland. Japan, India, Saudi Arabia. It's pretty exciting. Cool. And, and then,、um, really, shouts out to, to Columbus. What do, you, what do you keep saying? Shouts out? You know, I listen to the Cooligans. They, go <laughs> shout, they say shouts to us all the time. Okay. Well, <laughs> they just do shout out. Yeah, shout out. True. Yeah. Shouts out to. <laughs>、um, shots fired towards. <laughs> the opposite of that.、Yeah. To Columbus, Ohio, the number one city where people have been listening to this podcast. I mean, we did have an episode with their city name in the title of the episode, and the episode was about their city. So, yeah. But, but uh, uh, thanks. Thanks for listening. Yeah.、Um, we love Ohio.、Um, number two is actually New York. It's weird because the stats thing, have, they separated Manhattan and New York, but. It's the same.、Mm-hmm. Um, LA, number three.、Um, number four, Atlanta, which is our hometown,、um, where we're staying in right now. And Wait, I ju- I'm sorry. I just realized what you meant by that. They separated New York and Manhattan. In the stats, yeah, I'm showing it to you right now. So, like, New York, New York is 28 people, 2%. 
Manhattan, right. New York, also 2%, is 31. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why? Who knows, man? Who knows? Um, but yeah, exciting stuff. And then on Apple Podcasts, we're a perfect five out of five stars. So thanks for everyone that reviewed. Um, I'm going to read out a few that I think are interesting in terms of comments, if that's cool. Sure. Um, Alex uh, Rendon says it's like a well-researched, engaging podcast that will appeal to the nerdiest of the U.S. soccer nerds um, who love delving deep into the history of the sport in the country. And uh, as you know, I try to go by MLS nerd a lot, so uh, I'll take that as high, high compliments. There you go. Um, Victoria Badiola says it's a great podcast for any MLS MLS fan. Um, And Victoria is just a really good friend, and I'm thankful for that. No, 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 grateful for it. Yeah, for sure. Really grateful for it. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy. <laughs> Name is it's Jimmy. a South Park reference, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, so this is a great podcast for MLS and soccer fans. Smart guys. They He points out that we're com- quite confused on what a host is. And uh, maybe we're both co-hosts. I've actually, I've never considered that possibility. Yeah. And um, He might be right. Now it's on the table. You might think, be right. I think we might have to uh, redefine our roles here while JJ is uh, licking yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, so far, Zach B 23 says he's impressed that everything's been well-researched and planned out, and the boys are putting a, a solid pod. Well done. Thanks, Zach. Cool. Uh, um, Twitter has had some pretty good kind of comments um, and reviews. Um, Andrew Foster has said, if you're a fan of MLS or a supporter of U.S. soccer or just a student of the beautiful game, you should absolutely be listening to this podcast. It's fantastic. He's not only surprised by how much he's learned, but he's surprised by how optimistic it made him for the future. And you know what, Andrew? I mean, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's very easy to be kind of frustrated, I think. I don't know if you've been frustrated by U.S. soccer this year. Oh, no, I've never been frustrated by U.S. soccer in its entire existence. Yeah. I've never I've never been pissed about anything. I've never cried. I've never, um, you know, been a shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's not get into that right now. <laughs> let's not get into that. The two years, this past two years have not been the best. No, they haven't. But um, it, the, the crazy thing is like every couple of years, there's always that one player that you you hope will be like the next donovan or like you know um or something caliber of that caliber player um i don't know hope is a hope is a tough thing yeah it is and i think i mean it's easy to get frustrated but i think by doing these podcasts i think i personally you know you realize how far we've come in 25 years yeah, I think I think um, everything we talk about on the podcast is is a good reminder that the rest of the world has a century's worth of a jump on us, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I think we mentioned in one of our episodes about the difference between, at least from a financial standpoint, of the value of the club, not, not necessarily um, uh, revenue streams of how they have to spend versus how they, like, we'll go into it more, but like... You know, Newcastle versus a Chicago Fire, and the fact that Newcastle had like a hundred hundred years more of history, 
and are actually evaluated less than the Chicago Fire is kind of crazy, right? Yeah, from a monetary standpoint. From a monetary standpoint. And yeah. it's because the Fire, like we reviewed in our episode, don't have to worry about spending as much as a Newcastle United would. But, um, yeah, it's easy to forget that the league is turning 25. Yeah. yeah. Only 25. That's That's nothing in soccer years, really. Yeah, so Andrew, I would say, I mean, totally agree with your comment. It makes us feel a little bit more optimistic. Did as you well. add a soccer ball onto the guy on the moon for you know, the Kiros report? No, the Kiros report had a little soccer ball in the bottom. I just totally missed it. Where? Where was it? It was all the way in the bottom. All the way in the bottom? Was it, it was, separate from the image? It was badly photoshopped in. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I, I think am. somebody caught it and then was just like, wait a minute. <laughs> we can't just use the moon landing. Yeah. And that's it. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Um, but I think I think let's use uh could let's use our one kind of contemporary topic uh that I want to talk about um okay. for this bonus podcast. Let's do it. And it's um it's a good build off of what you just said about, you know, control costs and things that we've talked about in terms of how the founders of this league kind of set up the league in the first place yeah. with single entity and how Frazier went down with his lawsuit and the whole thing. Um, well, there's a new CBA coming out. There's a new is, CBA coming out. Saying, and then, so we can talk about that. The, the the one thing I do want to talk about is the thing that we said we would not talk about in this podcast. So it was just, oh, are we doing pro rel? We're doing oh, pro rel. And now the reason why I bring it up is because I think uh, the guys from the Total Soccer Show who do Soccer 101. Yeah. Uh, you've listened to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've listened to a couple episodes. Uh, great sure. podcast. The guys do a great job. They did an episode on ProRel. Um, I didn't I didn't click on that one. Yeah, so I'll and, catch now, you. and now I wish I had. Yeah, so I'll, I'll catch you up to speed. I think the guys do um, talk a little bit about the business fundamentals of MLS mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh which obviously we know and we've been talking about a lot here in terms of how it was founded. And they, they recognize that it'd be really hard to implement ProRel um, based upon the single entity structure that it has, right? Yeah. Um, but they do call out, um, you know, the some of the benefits that they see of ProRel um, and how they think they could implement it with MLS's help in the future. And what, what are those points? Um so the points that they say are, one, let MLS take over all of USL. So all the MLS owners own all of USL, the entire umbrella. And then because they own and control the entire thing, then owning pro-rel is like a little bit easier to do. That was actually one of the theories that they could do. Okay. And then they spent a lot of time talking about, I think, the soccer structure of it, like how the divisions would be split up and how it could work and from a kind of soccer fan standpoint. Um, but I think one of the things that they said, which I thought was super interesting, uh, I think they nailed it. Um, although I'm going to take it in a different direction than I think they, what they meant is that ProRel is sort of like the American dream, which is anyone can start a club and if they do well enough, they can climb the ladder to all the, get all the way up top, which is not existent in a closed system. And I say that is... Okay, what about, I mean, the Open Cup? Yeah, the Open Cup is completely... That's not a league, obviously, but that's a competition. a single cup, right? Totally. But uh, similar mentality, right? Yeah. Same exact mentality. Open Cup, also one of the longest-running tournaments in the world. Um, And we have that history here. I would say it's just like the American Dream in that the American Dream is also not real. 
right? <laughs> that I mean, it is. It yeah, is sort yeah, of sure. ProRail is the capitalism system, right? It mm-hmm. is open. Anyone can start it. The, the thought process that went through my head is like the promise that anyone, me and you, we can start a coffee shop. Okay. Right? All we need is some coffee beans, some cups. This is a gross underestimation <laughs> of what you actually need, but let's just go with it. Yeah. No, but this is sort of the, the analogy, right? You just need some coffee beans. It's just like, let's just start a team. <laughs> you sound like mom right now. <laughs> yeah. um, All you need is a little bit of coffee bean, yeah. <laughs> a cup, some water, and you're good to go. And then, you know, if our merits drive us, we can eventually take down Starbucks. And the reality of it is... is We're never going to do that. You're never going to do that. Right. The chances of you doing that are so, so, so tiny. In fact, the chances of you failing are so, so, so high. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly how ProRel is set up, just like capitalism, right? Benefits that I think ProRel has. One, I think it does get you better. The high-end teams out of a ProRel system will be much, much higher end in terms of quality. Because they have to constantly survive and they have to constantly spend money. And if you're at the top, you have competitive advantages of how you found new revenue sources and you continue to climb to the top. Well, what do you think people's argument for promotion relegation I think, I think is right now? Uh, like right now. I think there are fans out there. If you go to MLS.com, MLSsoccer.com, yeah. you'll see it in the comments <laughs> on some random videos even somebody brings up pro rel like yeah, people love like people almost love to a trolling degree where it has like nothing to do with the video oh, man. that that's on there it's like this is why we should have pro rel so like what 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 do, what do you think their argument their best argument is so i think the guys on the podcast talk about and listen i think it's very easy to get in this is why people try to avoid this discussion because i can get very trolly very quickly on mm-hmm. both on on either side right so like but um, there, there are benefits. Benefit number one, you like it does not. There's no incentive of being bad. So in American sports, there's incentive. There's incentive to be bad. You want to get a higher draft pick, for yeah. instance, right? You, you, there's incentive to be bad. There is no floor in spending an MLS. An MLS team owner can literally just spend $4 million. But here's the thing. Is, is NFL a sin- single entity or have no a structure that is... Yeah, and I, and I think I think the, the most alluring part for an American fan is the idea of um, forcing owners to not be okay with being in last place. And whether you're an NFL fan, whether you're an MLB fan, if you ever follow a team that has sucked for a while, okay. if you're a Knicks fan. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, sure. But, but I'm, okay, so here's this. What club came out this year? Who had their inaugural season this year? Oh, Cincinnati, you mean. Who was the worst team in the league this Cincinnati, year? yeah. Right? So my argument is it's too soon because you're still expanding. Yes, like, yeah. Listen, like, you, would you would you imagine if like Cincinnati is finally in the MLS, right? They do all this work, new logo, new jerseys, new state, all that, all that stuff, right? First season they tank. 
where do you you're like if we had a pro rail system we would just send them back like yeah. well, how would that work can we let's organize yeah. this okay because know that i'm also on your side so like i'm not gonna give the uh i'm not no we're agreeing yeah we're definitely agreeing yeah but let's let's i think you said it up right what are the pros mm-hmm. pros are one definitely it does not incent losing yeah yeah it yeah, punishes sure. being bad so you have to spend money right mm-hmm. uh Two, I think by not having a closed system, it allows players to jump in between leagues much easier, which the guys in Total Soccer Show did point out, right? So, like, the amount of players that go between USL and MLS are, are pretty small, mm-hmm. right? It's only within uh, Red Bulls and Red Bulls 2 that you get a lot of movement. But, like, Mark Anthony K came from USL to LAFC. That's pretty rare because of the roster rules that are so different between MLS and USL. Mm-hmm. And so if you had a pro-rel system where everything is part of one league, you're going to have a lot more freedom of movement between the players, right? Three, competition, and this is true, the competition will force teams to become really, really good, right? So your top-level teams will become better um, because they will find competitive edges, they will find new revenue streams, you don't have to split everything with everyone else. Um, that's why every league in the world, you have basically two or three superpowers and then a huge drop-off and then a huge, huge drop-off, right? right? So your top-level teams in a pro-rail system will be much better. Like, if you give Elena free reign in a pro-rail system, they would be... Arthur Blank would open up checkbooks, right. for sure. Like, there's no way that he's, like, limiting yeah. the and three the thing is, we, players. We, we've already talked, I think, in three out of our five episodes so far about parody in some sense. Yep. And the thing is, like, it's it's kind of a necessary thing when you first kickstart. Like, I could see Pro-Rel happening for MLS in maybe 10, 15 yeah. 15 years. Yeah. Right? So let's now let's talk about the cons. Yeah. Because I think you're getting there, right? So cons, one, single entity structure. The structure that this league is founded upon is like the antithesis of ProRail, pro yeah. right? If ProRail is around capitalism, like the system that's set up is a closed system, like it's the opposite of that, right? Uh, of which everything is shared to a high level of degree. It's basically socialism. Yeah. If you're in the system. If you're not in the system, then you're like out of luck. Um, so uh, the cons of ProRel is that you also have teams that completely um, get pummeled within the system. So like everyone talks about like the fairy tale stories of, le- of teams climbing the ladder. The opposite is also true. And then when it happens, it could be really, really bad. I'm a Bolton FC Wanderers, fan. yeah. Bolton Wanderers. Uh, I followed them, you know, when Stu Holden played. I followed mm-hmm. them before that when, you know, they had J.J. Akacha. We were in Europe. Um, we were basically, you know, spending money to stay stay in the in Europe as long as we could. And speaking of J.J.'s, uh, our J.J., Jessica Jones, our dog, is totally asleep. She couldn't care less about pro route. Right. And so, like... Um, but, you know, the financial burden of staying up and also a level of mismanagement put the team not just into the championship, then relegated again to League One, but also administration. It's like close to bankruptcy. And that's a team that's been around forever. Right. Right. So like 
the opposite is true. And so many more stories of bankruptcy happens than you have fairy tale stories. Yeah, the chances of uh, bankruptcy are always higher than fairy tale. Which is why the valuations of of uh, teams in those systems are lower because, again, it's not certain that you can stay up. Um, so uh, those are, I think, the main cons against mm-hmm. it, you know, and you have less parity. And I think from, from like, I don't know how many exact MLS champions there are, but I guarantee you MLS is there more different champions than 25 years I, than I, any other top yeah. league has. And, I, and I, am, I am willing to say something sacrilege as a soccer fan yeah. at this moment. The reason why I don't watch the Spanish league, yeah, is because it's gonna come down to either Barcelona or Madrid. Yeah, and I don't care. I just, I just care less if I know what the narrative is of sports. Yep, and it's so obvious and clear. If I'm not a fan of either two of those clubs, like a super fan of those clubs, I'm not gonna be invested in that league. Like yep. the league as a whole. Now, there have been years where like Athletic Bilbao has done really well and and whatnot. But like your main narrative is it's these two teams. Everybody else is actually very good, but nowhere near the level of how much we spend and and what type of product we put out there. So it's like if you're not watching us, why are you watching? Yeah, let's let's use La Liga as an example, yeah. right? Because La Liga has produced two of the best clubs in the world. I mean, Barcelona and Real Madrid have probably been the most successful clubs in the last twenty years, mm-hmm. not just in Spain but in Europe and, and in the world. In the world, in the world, yeah. So Pro Real has, and that system has produced that. Now, for for those who are like, well, any team in in you know. And the lower levels can climb up and then in one day challenge Barcelona or Real Madrid. Know this, like up until very recently, the TV revenues. So like in in the U.S., the TV revenues that are made by NFL that are national mm-hmm. are split evenly across the teams. In MLS, they're split evenly across the teams. So that's what I was asking in, before. If NFL had anything in their structure, yeah, anything at all that resembled single entity. Yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, they do, mo- mo- right? Most of them do, yeah. But if you're talking about soccer leagues... They don't. They, around the world, they don't, They, right? I mean, EPL does. So EPL, EPL does give equal amount of um, TV revenues from international broadcasts evenly across the teams, although that's being challenged by the top six teams as well. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, up until very recently, Real Madrid had their own TV contract. Barcelona had their own TV contract. So the amount of TV revenue that you had of being a La Liga team was much, much, much lower than the TV revenue they had. I'm talking 100 million euros a year difference just in TV revenue that they can spend on players and in academies. If you have that big of a gap, good luck catching up. Right. It's not happening unless, of course, the only real differences are if you're if you're fund, funded by a rich, 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 rich billionaire, and then mm-hmm. they just load up, right? Yeah. And so that is like, I think, a con that people don't think about is like, is that the system you really want to watch? You will get, I, I, I believe, if you implement ProRel, you will get better top teams. The best MLS teams will be much, much better off. Yeah, but it's like you get the other side of the spectrum. You get the other side of the and spectrum. And the thing is, like, could you imagine 
like, could you imagine, like, uh, the thing about the history of MLS, could you imagine, like, a DC United or an LA Galaxy all of a sudden getting relegated to a lower-tier league? And then, like the Wanderers, it happens again. Yeah, and they that, go bankrupt. And then they go bankrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like... And not, from, not because, like, the league isn't viable. It's because, you know, it's a hard system. So that those are pros and cons. I am going to propose one way you can implement ProRel. Because I was about to bring something up as well. Okay. Okay, so the thing I was about to bring up is why not look at the entire auspice of what ProRel is and maybe borrow some tiny elements, mentalities, and try to apply them okay. slowly over time. One of those things is, is this idea of maybe... Maybe uh, simplifying the table, something like that. Yeah, I, I think you can uh, like get the table. rid of like get rid of uh, east versus west like conferences. No, now the thing is the the problem with that is it's a huge country, right? Mm-hmm. And there's there's a lot of travel involved, and that's why we have conferences in the first place, mm-hmm. right? But what if we had a different way of calculating strength of schedule, and take into effect and, and keep it in mind uh, travel, we can have, I guess, the conferences, but when it comes down to the results over the span of a season, it's put down on a single table. So you just get the best teams. Like, for instance, you could see an LAFC, LA Galaxy final. You could see a New York City FC, New York Red Bull final, right? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think that would totally make sense. Um, I think that's probably down the route of where MLS will end up going anyway. And um, the thing is, like, pro rel require like it it by nature you need to somehow punish these teams that come in like the last three spots, and you need to reward those teams that are in the top spot and in the bottom spot. What's a way of punishing? It's a weird question, but what's a way of punishing these these uh, teams that do not perform? That is not as extreme as you're not in the league anymore. Yeah. All right. So I am going to propose something that is truly pro rel. Okay. That I think would make business sense. All right. Let's right? hear it. And so, um, and the the main issue with the way that the ideas of ProRel are implemented right now is the assumption that MLS needs to expand ProRel down, which means they need to open up to all the clubs underneath them. That the point of our system will be the MLS at the top. I think you have to think about MLS opening up. Like, what if... <laughs> oh, man, that's like some M. Night Shyamalan stuff no. right there. So let me, like, let me... What if MLS was League 2 all the time? Sort of. All right. And you know what? We are League 2 here, if you really think about yeah, it. Yeah, we biz- are. Business. What is League 1? Liga MX is the most popular league in the U.S. Yeah. Liga MX uh, and Mexican teams in general need to open up the revenue stream in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Liga MX is at a higher level than MLS is right now. Yeah. Okay. So here's how you sell it. I would sell it to an owner. One, you have to pay off their stake in single entity. Because once you open up and open up to ProRel, single entity is no longer. 
So one, you have to pay off, I think, every owner about $100, $150 million just for like their loss in single entity. Mm-hmm. They keep their share in some, and that doesn't go away whether they get relegated or not relegated. So their their share of Soccer United marketing is theirs, right? So they keep that. In exchange for that, you open up this idea of an interliga or a North American league of 18 teams, nine originally from Liga MX, top nine teams from MLS. And they play in a league that is between both of them. That league is now the highest league in North America. Oh, man. That's... I've never heard anything like that before. That, I think, one would trump... But what what would you do with uh, CONCACAF Champions League? CONCACAF Champions League, you have... But it's way, way smaller... Mm-hmm. Right, but um, but this is this now becomes like the league, the league in North in North America, right? Yeah. So you have the top nine in Liga MX, you have the top nine. You know we could call it North American Super League, <laughs> also known as NASL. That'd be amazing. <laughs> um, and, and so, and all of a sudden, like the TV viewership, because like the TV viewership of Liga MX games are really mm-hmm. really high. Now, taking the fact now they're playing in the U.S. a lot, yeah. the revenue streams just explode in size, right? League Two then becomes um, MLS and then the current Liga MX, so the teams that don't make it in. Right, so they're they're both separately. Separate leagues yeah. that feed up, right? Yep. So the bottom three teams um, in the North American Super League... <laughs> <laughs> um, have to play a tournament with the top three teams that are coming out of the MLS and Liga MX. Now, the thing is, would you put the Canadian League in that no, tier two? No, I think I think the I think what you're doing is then saying, in order for this to work, you have to then ask MLS to open up underneath as well. So you're asking owners, hey, the reason why you're giving a USL team chance to become an MLS team is because now we're giving MLS teams to be even more profitable in this NA North American Super League team. Mm-hmm. And every owner of MLS right now gets like a $100 million payout to lose a single entity kind of ownership stake. Okay. But you're, I think, unlocking a huge amount of TV revenue. You're unlocking a lot of attendance um, in that kind of North American League. And then the stakes of winning Major League Soccer at, at just Major League Soccer become much, much higher. Right. Um, More and than to just me, the silverware. I have to, you have to really sit down and think through the business because paying off a hundred million dollars per owner, you're talking that's like by the time you, this becomes even realm of possibility is three billion dollars of cash you have to get, which means you need to get three billion dollars of revenue to pay off the owners to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think the solution, if you were to ever do it, is to open upwards and not downwards. No, you're gonna end up opening downwards. That's a it. super interesting idea. Now the thing is, like, it's it's kind of tie gonna tie back into what I was saying before about the reasons why we don't even have a single table. What does that do for travel? If you're to do this, so let's say like a part of this like super league kind of happens, right? And let's just say Henri kills it with Montreal Impact, right? And they get promoted up, right? Yeah, now they're all the way up in Canada. And you got these like great, great Mexican teams also part of this league. What does that do for travel? 
I think I think at that point, the only way you would do this is the money if that's involved in this league mm-hmm. is like NBA level money. And if you have NBA level money, then everyone is flying private planes. Yeah. And then it becomes a little bit less. It's still a big deal. Yeah. But it's a little bit less of a big deal. Okay. That, I mean, listen, to me, if you want my personal opinion on how ProRail will ever be implemented in this country, I think that is the way. All right. But you got to convince, I mean, much like our... (laughs) That's our dog snoring. She's very cute. Um, uh, I mean, kind of touching back on the episodes that we've done so far in this podcast it's going to come it's going to come down to convincing these big 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 businessmen that it's something viable it's right not, i think people think about it as convincing as like you have to it's a business case it's literally numbers mm-hmm. show them the numbers of which their value of what they have right now is more valuable in this new system. And they only... So, uh, no, we're agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. But I, I think people mm. phrase it as like, convince them like, uh, you have power. No, that's not going to work. They need mm-hmm. to figure out how they can increase their value. And I think the way you increase value, again, is to open up. If you're going to open down, you have to open up. Yeah. And opening up means then combining. Yeah, because the opening down seems more attractive to the USL teams. It's 100% more attractive, more attractive to the attractive US, to the US, yeah, USL 100%. teams. Because everybody else in MLS would be like, ooh, we can't, we can't afford yeah. to tank. Yeah. We couldn't. So, I mean, that's, listen, I know we say we would never talk about ProRel, but this is a bonus ode. This is where all rules we get broken. We went over time, too. We thought this was going to be 15 minutes. We thought it was going to be 50. We, we were fools for things. <laughs> we only talk about ProRel for 15 minutes. No, but I think this is a good place to stop. Okay. I mean, I guess uh, we have to put a pin on the CBA thing because... We'll do that next time. We'll do that next time. Or maybe we edit it out. I don't know. Do I edit on this podcast? Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, there's no sources on this one. No sources. But, uh, so this is uh, Tula Raman signing out. And uh, I'm not even going to do a joke, even. That's just that's Is that a bummer? A little bit. A little bit of a bummer? I'll do a fun fact. Okay. Um, oh, man, I can't think of one right now. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, our parents uh, moved. They're still in Jersey. We're from uh, this little town called Flemington. And now, like you said, we're in Mount Junction. And uh, I think I mentioned on uh, my sign-off on one one of the episodes about being in the marching band. Funny enough, the house that they got is right next to South Brunswick High School. And guess who marched on that field? You did. Yep. Yeah. Funny. It's a fun fact. Fun fact. All right, it has we'll nothing to do about <laughs> soccer, but we'll take it. We'll, uh, we'll leave on that point. Have a good one, guys. All right. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Bye.